<laughs> Welcome, boils and ghouls, to this very special Halloween episode of Gutter Trash Pirate Radio. I am your host, Skerrick. Join me as we do a deep dive into this curated playlist of music, especially for the holiday, featuring ghosts and ghouls, demons, and murder most foul, and a special appearance by Satan himself. Starting things off with a Halloween classic by the scariest man who ever lived on a ranch.
I said, yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burned. I pat him on the shoulder, said, thanks for stopping by. Then I opened up the door and said, take care, guy. He got mad, drew back his arm and slashed my shirt. I laughed at first and thought, hold up, that hurt. It wasn't a dream, man, this guy was for real. I said, Freddy, uh, how it's been an awful mistake here. The words and then I darted upstairs Crashed through my door then jumped on my bed Pulled the covers up over my head Said, oh please do something with Fred He jumped on my bed, went through the covers with his claws Tried to get me, but my alarm went off And then silence, it was a whole new day I thought, <laughs> I wasn't scared of him anyway Until I noticed those rips in my sheets And that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street Jeff, answer! Come on, man. Hello? Jeff, it's Prince, man. Jeff, wake up. Jeff, wake up. What do you want? Jeff, wake up, man. Listen to me, Jeff. It's 3 o'clock Jeff, in the listen, what Jeff, you would you listen to me? Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Man. Jeff, listen to me. So, don't so, go to sleep, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff. Jeff.
One, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> that was The Dream Warriors by the band Dokken. And before that, we heard A Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, the man with the slap heard around the world. And before that, of course, we kicked everything off with Thriller by Michael Jackson. Now, you can have whatever your opinion is of Michael Jackson. And my opinion is, of course, that he is guilty of all his allegations, uh, all the accusations leveled against him. And you do kind of have to put it in perspective of all his unsolved childhood trauma, unresolved trauma, plus the sudden wealth and fame that he exploded into probably kept a lot of people from just saying no to him. Probably kept a lot of people from keeping him in check. However, the man made some great music. And Thriller, not only is a great album, but that is a fantastic song. That is, dare I say, a masterpiece. Not only that, but the music video, helmed by John Landis, another very problematic person. Uh, oddly enough, <laughs> the most problematic of his was, was having a child named Max. Uh, and uh, if you don't know John Landis's history, uh, go look it up. It's not great. Yeah. But uh, he you know, he directed one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, he directed a lot of movies that I love, uh, but, but, but an all-time classic in American Werewolf in London. Uh, but he directed the music video for Thriller, which, as far as I know, at least in my opinion, revolutionized the music video and made MTV a force to be reckoned with. Uh, which is very sad now when you realize that it is just the Ridiculousness Channel. Uh, but I remember it being such a huge deal when I was growing up that this video was, was coming. I remember my babysitter showing it to me because it was scheduled uh, to be aired on TV during one afternoon and, and she was glued to the TV so that we could watch it together. And it is, you know, to, to a very young mind like myself at the time, was was scary and cool as hell. I mean, Michael Jackson turns into a werewolf. Uh, of course, this was years before I ever saw an American werewolf in London, uh, before I could ever really be wowed by, you know, the, the special effects of, of how a werewolf could be transformed on screen. Uh, but, uh, God, that song is just a beggar. And, of course, helping that uh, alongside the video is just the uh, the appearance of the, the master of horror himself, Vincent Price, doing, doing a rap. Hip-hop 
impresario Vincent Price uh, showing up and just making that song, taking it from from 10 to 11. I tell you what. Uh, love it, love it, love it. Uh, then, of course, we had the... Uh, uh, oddly enough, this entire block was uh, about men with one glove, famously, uh, with Michael Jackson, and then two songs about our man, Freddy Krueger. Uh, Nightmare on High Street was a sort of an unofficial uh, song that uh, DJ Jesse Jeff and the Fresh Prince made uh, based on the Nightmare movies, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, and Freddy Krueger himself. Uh, I think they even had a video planned at one point, but were not allowed to use uh, Freddy in the video, even though they wanted to. Uh, and uh, Dream Warriors is, of course, the theme song to A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Uh, you know, just... Uh, Kind of a typical mid, early mid 80s hair metal uh, jam, uh, but I dig it. Uh, and I dig that movie. In fact, uh, one thing I'd like to do on this episode is as we talk about spooky stuff and scary movies, uh, I've already mentioned uh, one of my all time favorites, American Werewolf, but uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my all-time favorite slasher franchises. Freddy Krueger has pretty much always been at the top. I would say only until recently, about uh, last year, two years ago, uh, on my podcast, The Viewmasters, we reviewed all of the Friday the 13th movies. uh, And I think that gave me an appreciation for those films and for Jason Voorhees as a uh, character, uh, so to speak. Uh, but but uh, I feel like there are more Friday the 13th movies, but where there's more error for failure, they actually have a lot more successes than, say, you know, A Nightmare on Elm Street or the Halloween franchise. Uh, which I will get into. I would say the only other franchise that that has pretty much a solid run straight through is the Child's Play slash Chucky franchise. Uh, the first one is okay. The second one is fine. The third one is eh, not great. And then uh, from four through seven of, uh, again, this is the Chucky franchise, um, uh, Boy, they just get better with each one. Uh, And not only that, but uh, oddly the most uh, LGBTQ uh, positive horror franchise out there. Who knew? Go Chucky. Uh, But uh, yeah, for the longest time, uh, Freddy Krueger was my guy. Nightmare on Elm Street was my franchise probably because when I was about six years old or so, my mom taped the first Elm Street and played it for me uh, while I ate dinner one day. So there I am, six years old, watching Tina get thrown around a room and cut to 
bits and uh, later on seeing a very young Johnny Depp getting uh, swallowed and exploded by a waterbed. Just, uh, just a good all-around wholesome time with the family. Uh, so yeah, that, that uh, is, is definitely a franchise that has meant a lot to me. As far as rankings go, I would say the first one is obviously the best. And then... Seven, three, two, and four. Those are all, I would say, the top tier in that order. Uh, then five. A lot of people hate five, but I think it's fine. Uh, and then the worst of the worst are uh, six. Uh, the versus Jason, and then the remake is just a piece of trash. Uh, Avoid it at all costs and now let's go ahead and get into our next block and let's get a little heavier and let's get a little darker and let's dance in the light of the moon <laughs> Apply! 
what new visitors and experiences the bird will take it. I believe that every healthy person should try it. Standard horror punk, but uh, you know, gotta support the local band where you can, and they were good enough. Uh, that song, of course, was about the Manson murders in 1969 on Cielo Drive, taking place at Roba Polanski's house. Uh, before that, we heard the White Zombie cover of the Black Sabbath song, Children of the Grave. Sabbath's version is, of course, more of a homage or ode to sort of the hippie movements, to the counterculture, to revolutionaries, 
uh, white zombie with the samples of news uh, footage uh, thrown into the song have turned it into a song about the Manson family. So two Manson family songs. Uh, I remember the uh, the white zombie song. Uh, I would say this was 1994. Uh, October or so. Uh, the Nativity in Black, Black Sabbath tribute album was coming out. And my local radio station, I think it was WTUE, possibly. Maybe it was The X, 97.3. They were playing the entire album uh, on the radio uh, to, to get people geared up for it when, when such a thing was happening, when radio uh, meant something. And I remember being in my bedroom, and at the time it was weird because... I had actually had to move out of my normal bedroom and I was staying in the guest room in my parents' house uh, while uh, repairs were being done to to my bedroom and I uh, had to relocate for about a month or so and it was uh, during that time when this came out and I remember laying in the guest bed and I had put my stereo next to it and sitting in bed with headphones on listening to the radio in, in the dark and this song came on uh, the first time and, and I had loved the Sabbath version of course but listening to this I just remember getting a feeling of dread as it began playing it was so atmospheric to hear this song in the dark with headphones on uh, being a white zombie fan being a fan of Black Sabbath uh, being October when it was already dark at like 7 o'clock and it was unseasonably cold I believe it snowed that Halloween and uh, I was going through a lot of stuff I had broken my ankle uh, about uh, two months before that and I had uh, just started my first after school job ever uh, working at a movie theater and so just a lot of things were happening and just hearing that song and being chilled to the bone by it uh, especially with that uh, sampling thrown into the air um not a huge, uh, not a huge follower, <laughs> pun somewhat intended, of the Manson family. Uh, it is not a piece of history that I have ever delved too much into. Uh, I'm aware of it, and sort of the vagaries of it. Uh, true crime has never really been my thing. I prefer. I prefer my killers to be fictional uh, whenever possible. Uh, I prefer the horrific acts uh, in my life to be uh, filmed uh, with special effects or written with aplomb and, and fictionalized and uh, knowing that that 
was a thing that really happened, knowing that those kind of things happen all the time. That, that's not for me. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I don't listen to true crime podcasts. I've given a few a try. Uh, my favorite murder being probably the, the most prominent one, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's not for me. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I do know a little bit. Uh, I have seen uh, one or two movies about the Manson family. Uh, that being, uh, there, there's a, and it, oddly, it's an animated film uh, with puppets uh, where Charlie, Charles Manson is voiced by uh, Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. Uh, I remember renting that on disc from Netflix uh, about 10 years or probably more than that, 15 years ago, who knows. Uh, and uh, did not enjoy it. It was pretty terrible. Uh, I think the concept of it was, was neat. Uh, and it was pretty much entirely voiced by uh, rock stars and punk rockers of the time. Uh, like very few actual actors did any voices in it. Uh, but it was just, it was not good. I do not recommend it. Uh, like I said, I cannot remember the, even the name of it. I kind of want to say like something related to Helter Skelter, but I don't, I mean, that's like everything Charles Manson related, so who knows. Uh, but, you know, I can highly recommend Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's a good Charles Manson movie. Uh, yeah, then we started that block off with Dead Skin Mask by Slayer. Uh, I love Slayer. Uh, I'm sure shocking no one. Uh, but I did come late to them in my life. Uh, probably in my late 20s, early 30s is when I really got into them. Uh... And, uh, yeah, just, uh, it's probably one of my favorite songs of theirs, and that is, of course, uh, while we're on the track of real-life murderers, uh, that is a song about Ed Gein, uh, which, again, not a fan of the man, but, uh, I, I enjoy the fictionalized tales of him. Uh, I know that Eric Powell, uh, writer-artist of The Goon, Put out a graphic novel that I am interested in reading just because I like comics and uh, you know I don't know I feel like Ed Gein is such a solitary figure in the world of serial killing I think so much the fact that he has inspired so many fictionalized serial killers that uh fascinates me probably more than anyone else uh, it, it just because they were so gruesome uh, but you know like yeah I've just I've never gotten into to that kind of thing so much I, I do yeah, it, it, yeah it's hard it's hard to say you know I do have a fascination with serial killers but uh, ne never to the point where I'm like reading up on them constantly and, and trying to find out more about them. I did read, you know, my friend Dahmer, uh, the, and saw the movie, the graphic novel, uh, based on, uh, written by, uh, John Backdurf, uh, based on the fact that he grew up with Dahmer and, uh, went to high school with him and was 
mildly considered friends with him for a bit. Uh, but ultimately, that's just a sad tale of, you know, hey, this all could have been stopped and prevented if anybody had just paid the hell attention. So, hey, everybody, pay attention to your kids. Uh, but anyway, I would say the, the, the most uh, famous fictionalized version of Ed Gein is, of course, uh, spun into the tales of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. Uh of which I have seen all of them, of course. Uh, I saw the original probably about 20, 25 years ago, and, uh, you know, went on from there. Uh, Some of the sequels I I did not see until probably within the last couple of years or so, but but I have gone through them all at this point. Uh, So my rankings for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise... Uh, obviously, the original. Nope. 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 Taking it back. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, I put that at number one. Uh, because it is so goofy. It is uh, Toby Hooper saying, Hey, I made this thing. Now let's turn it into... Uh, or basically he's like saying, I made this thing. It was meant to be a comedy. Uh, like a very dark comedy. But now let's just put it over the top and not hide the fact that it is a comedy. And that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 uh, with Dennis Hopper in his best role yet. Uh, So, Chainsaw 2, uh, the original, the remake with uh, Jessica Biel. Uh, And then, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go for the next generation uh, because that is so crazy. Uh, which obviously it is the. It's most famous for being the film debuts of both Matthew McConaughey and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Or is it Renee Zellweger? Honestly, I confuse the two of them a lot and I apologize to both. Uh, but, yeah, one of those two. Uh, I'd. Probably Renee Zellweger. I think I think that's who it is. Uh, but the the film debuts of both of them, uh, and, and it is such a crazy, crazy take on the whole Texas Chainsaw franchise that uh, it just really stands out to me. Uh, it's not great, but but like I said, it just uh, it's kind of batshit, and I kind of like it for that. Um, and then honestly, all the rest just kind of melt together. Uh, and like there's, because some of them are sequels and prequels to both the original film and then also to the remake. And it's confusing and I'm not entirely sure. Like, like I know the remake had a prequel that came out. Uh, uh, kind of almost immediately after. Uh, but then the next Texas Chainsaw movie was like a sequel to the original. Uh, that kind of like skipped over like two, three, and four. Uh, and then I think there was a, even a prequel to that uh, called Leatherface, even though the third movie is also called Leatherface. Uh, you know what? They're all bad. Uh, they're all just... None of them are good. Uh, so basically, just watch uh, two 
watch one, two, and the remake, and you're good. And four, if you, if you feel like it, it's it's worth a chuckle. Alright, so around this time of year, I usually like to put into my rotation, heavy rotation on my iPod. Uh, I like to crank up some horror punk, and uh, of course the kings of horror punk are from Lodi, New Jersey, and they are called the Misfits. So I've queued up a block of the Misfits for you here, covering all their eras, and we'll talk about them when we come back. Our fire's burning bright, our faces in the night.
2001, I officially became a member of the Fiend Club, having gone to see the Misfits 25th anniversary show in Columbus, Ohio, uh, one of the first times I ever took my girlfriend at the time to a show. She did not know who the Misfits were, but she became a fan, and while I was there, I purchased membership in the Fiend Club, as well as a copy of their live CD. Uh, which featured former singer Michael Graves. The version that I saw did not have Michael Graves, nor did it have Glenn Danzig. It was the what I like to refer to as the Jerry Only and the Geriatric Punk Rock All-Stars Misfits version. But we started this block off with the classic lineup of uh, Glenn Danzig, Doyle, Wolfgang von Frankenstein, Jerry Only, Bobby Steele, and I want to say Robo on drums, uh, with Halloween. It was uh, from their album, 12 Hits from Hell, which uh, was released, and then almost immediately recalled, never to be seen again. And I remember going to a record store the week that it came out, not knowing that it was the week that it came out. Uh, but there it was, and I looked at it, and I thought to myself, gee, I should get this. And I looked at it, and it just felt like more of a greatest hits compilation. And at that point, I was like, well, I have all their stuff. You know, I don't need this. And I uh, put it back on the shelf and have regretted it to this day. Uh, it was actually a, not a new recording, obviously. They had been broken up for decades at this point. Uh, a decade, decade and a half. Uh, but they, the, the Jerry-only branch of the Misfits name at the time, uh, released this album, and uh, Glenn Danzig did not care for it. Uh, it was the only recording of the band where they had two guitar players, uh, and, uh, Glenn was not a fan, so it got recalled, and, uh, you, you can't get it anymore. Well, you can, uh, it's just a little costly, or if you're like me, you're a little clever. You're able to find a copy somewhere. Uh, but it's also, to me, one of their best-selling albums. Uh, it's, it's just got a different sound and a feel to it than their, their normal stuff. Uh, we followed that up with uh, a cover of the classic lineup of the Misfits with uh, Return of the Fly by the band Farside. Just, uh, it was off their Violent World tribute album. Uh, and I felt like uh, it was just a, uh, it's a good song. Uh, mentions Vincent Price, Helene Delam, Francois, Francois. Uh, but I just thought it was uh, kind of just a funky, groovy, jazzy cover of a pretty simple horror punk song. Uh, I thought it would be fun to play. And then, of course, uh, after that was the Michael Graves era of the Misfits with uh, Dig Up Her Bones from the album American Psycho. Uh, I would say probably one of their best-loved songs from that particular era. 
uh, the Graves version. They released two albums, American Psycho and Famous Monsters, and then uh, famously uh, Parted Ways, uh, which leads us to the next song up in that block, which was a cover of Monster Mash. Uh, it's a graveyard smash, and appropriate for the season. Uh, but that was off of their Project 1950s album, which uh, was... Jerry only deciding that, uh, you know what, if he can't keep a singer in his band, he's just going to do it himself, despite the fact that he is not a singer. Uh, there are backing vocals up uh, in that by uh, a gentleman who uh, formed a band called Osaka Popstar, which featured members of the Misfits in it. Uh, and I actually quite like that album a lot, uh, but he's probably not a great fit to be the lead singer on the Misfits, despite the fact that he is, uh, in my opinion, a better singer than Jerry Only. But of course now the Misfits have reunited occasionally. Uh, at least uh, it started with Glenn Danzig and uh, Doyle, Wolfgang von Frankenstein uh, going out on tour together and performing a couple of Misfits tunes on their shows. And then eventually, I guess, they sort of made up with Jerry Only. Uh, it's, it's honestly pretty sad when you think about the fact that Doyle and Jerry are brothers uh, who could not get along uh, well enough to be in a band together. Uh, but but they're around. They'll probably never make new music together. But uh, you know, uh, part of me would see them if they were around. But uh, part of me also knows that Clint Danzig is just a major asshole and uh, do not want to support that guy uh, ever, honestly. Uh, although I will say this, go watch his movie, uh, especially in a group, especially if there are enhancements to the settings. Uh, but he made a film called Verotic, based on his comic line from 30 years ago that he still occasionally pushes out a comic book on uh, Veronica Publishing. Uh, but he, he made a film, which I remember watching during the pandemic, and, uh, oh boy, oh boy, is it terrible. Uh, it is among the worst movies I've ever seen, and also cannot recommend it enough because it is so terrible. It is just a sight to behold. Uh, it is just so crazy, so crazy bad. Oh my gosh. Just uh, get a bunch of beer, get a bunch of friends, and watch that stupid-ass movie and laugh your ass off. Or also fall asleep, because it gets real damn boring. <laughs> so I rounded that uh, block off with a solo Michael Graves uh, doing a Misfit song from his era of that band. Uh, but I just wanted to, to, to put a capper on that with something slightly different. And uh, doing his version, his acoustic version of Crying on Saturday Night. Saturday? Night? I'm so confused. Uh, that is a joke for one person who will never listen to this. Hi, Joe. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that was the Misfits for you. Uh, I just, they're one of those bands, uh, you know, 
except for the Jerry only era that I can pretty much listen to at any point in time. Uh, they're, they're, they're a lot like Black Sabbath for me. They're like the punk version of Black Sabbath. I can just put it on and listen to it and enjoy it and it, it never feels old and it never feels stale. Uh, even when you stop and consider the fact that uh, during Michael Graves' era, there is a man there who will eventually be a part of January 6th. Scary. Alright, let's get into another block and kind of shake things up a little bit. It's kind of... I've curated it, but it's a little bit random and I hope you like it. An old cowpoke went riding out one dark and windy day. Up on a ridge he rested as he went along his way When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw Bowing through the cloudy sky And up a cloudy draw Their brands were still on fire And their hooves were made of steel The horns were black and shiny and their hot breath he could feel A bolt of fear went through him As they thundered through the skies He saw the riders coming hard And he heard their mournful cry Yippee-yi yippee Go Riders in the sky On by him, he heard one call his name. If you want to save your soul from hell, or riding on our range, and cowboy, change your ways today, or with us you will ride, trying to catch the devil's herd across these endless skies. You'll be a Their eyes were blurred, their shirts all soaked with sweat He's riding hard to catch that herd But he ain't caught him yet 
Cause they've got to ride forever on that range up in the sky On horses snorting fire As they ride on, hear their cry
passes judgment. Will the four defendants please rise and approach the bench? Trust me, guys, it's all under control. The judge is my uncle. He'll take the insanity plea. Oh, yeah. Don't forget my retainer balance. Okay. I understand you guys are pleading insanity, claiming demonic spirits possess you to do these hideous murders. Can you please explain to this court how these so-called spirits made you into these raving madmen? Bear witness as I exercise my exorcism. The evil that lurks within the sin, the terrorism. Possessed by evil spirits, voices from the dead. I come forth with grave diggers in a head full of dread. I've been examined ever since I was semen. They took a sonogram and seen the image of a demon. At birth, nurses surrounded me with needles and drugged me all up with the diseases of evil. Grew up in hell, now I dwell in an Islamic temple. I'm fighting a holy war in the mental. Look deep in my eyes, you see visions of death. Possessed by homicide is what I am obsessed. Giving niggas brain dimples. Dragging their asses on my hook by their temples. The cause of death is unknown to the cops. Cause when I kill them, I'm not leaving one element to all tops. First I'll assassinate him, and then I cremate him Then take all of his fucking ashes and evaporate him Or creep through the graveyard and hunt down your tombstone Dig up your skeleton and stomp all your fucking bones You try to haunt me nigga, I ain't trying to hear it Buck, 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 I give your ass a holy spirit Can you please explain to this court when these problems first began? The year, 84, November, day 10 Overwhelmed by the wicked inspirations of an evil gen I realized my ideas has spawned for 400 years of blood, sweat, and tears I saw the torture, brutal murder of my father So my brain became stained with the horror I'm having real current nightmares Of being soaking wet, strapped down to the electric chair I got tackled with handcuffs and shackles and restraint In the bottom of a holy tabernacle they gave me nothing to eat for two weeks And so my eyelids open so I couldn't sleep About to die from thirst, that's when the minister Quenched my jaws with a cold glass of vinegar Upon my wounds they seasoned me with salt And knelt my hands and feet to the form of a cross ah, I cried as the blood dripped inside On my eye refusing to die Visions of hell tormented my fate So I chewed my fucking arm off and made an escape with the defendant's explanation. Into the realms of understanding and take good heed and you could bleed while I'm scanning. Three stages of pure hell, 60 cases of red cells. Shh, raindrops hit the pearls. Path is dull and narrow. You stalk by shadow. I pierce your skull with a fucking arrow. So narrow only one could enter at a time. Stuck in the center, read the signs. A thousand doors to choose. You better hurry. Don't stop. Shit is getting hot as a pot of curry. On your right side, there's fire. Your left, deep waters. Watch your step, there's deep waters. What's that coming through the floor? Is a claw. Took this fucking ass to the fucking ah! core. Stroll through the dark conditions. I stone you till I see sparks and frictions. I chop you like a coal miner. Then combine the drug and mix it with your blood. Some more, I give you some more and watch you crawl. Guts hit the floor, worms exit your pores. I trick you, ha, then I'm quick to syringe. Deep between my thoughts that bust out your skin. You scream, portraits of inflictable pain. You can't stand, you're up to your hands in quicksand. You're sinking and sinking deep into the earth. 
thoughts was possessed since the first day of birth. My mental says it's my turn to possess the matter. Stab you with a dagger up Jacob's ladder. Thoughts become shattered, confused and tragic. Fiery thoughts of grave diggers. Guilty. Next case. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween, Super Shamrock. Happy Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween, Super Shamrock. song that was ever made stuck in your head that was the Halloween montage from the movie Halloween 3 Season of the Witch written by John Carpenter and somebody else but uh, it doesn't matter because John Carpenter uh, I enjoy playing that song frequently during the Halloween season because it is such a brain worm and it's so stupid but it's amazing uh, Halloween movie rankings you say well sure why not uh, you know what I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Halloween 3 season of the witch I think it's the best Halloween movie you know why because no Michael Myers uh, I think it's a crazy insane concept uh, I think that uh, the, the Carpenter's original idea to just have it be a series of unrelated movies uh, should have been stuck to but uh, instead we get a whole bunch of Michael Myers and uh, things just uh, go downhill from there uh, I'll also say despite the fact that the original Halloween theme is iconic I think Halloween 3 has the best of the Carpenter soundtracks because it's so synthy and it relates so much to the craziness of that movie uh, then we'll follow that up with Halloween the original and then Halloween 2018 and then Halloween ends followed by Halloween kills and then Halloween 2 uh, and then we get into uh, the the lesser, I would say, six, uh, just because I remember it more than the others. 
uh, four and five just kind of bone together. Uh, but you know what? Before four and five, I would put uh, Halloween uh, H2O. Uh, right. You know what? I'm going to put it above six just because I think it is a much better made movie. But uh, six is definitely so memorable. And, uh, you know, the first appearance of Paul Rudd in a film. Uh, and then four and five, which just are, are just a mush. It, it's a mush. Uh, and boy, now we're down at the bottom of the list. And quite frankly, which is tough to choose, which is the worst. Is it the Rob Zombie Halloween? Is it the Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie Halloween 2? Or is it Halloween Resurrection featuring Buster Rhymes? karate kicking Michael Myers in the chest to defeat him. It's a toughie. It's a very toughie. Because uh, the, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies are just despicable. They are vile. Uh, with his, his just terrible white trash aesthetic. Uh, I will say Halloween 2, his Halloween 2, it's trying something and I gotta respect it for that. So I put it above his Halloween. And Halloween Resurrection is just so poorly made. Uh, even as bad as the, the zombie Halloweens are, they are at least confidently made. Uh, Halloween Resurrection is just terrible from from uh, from from uh, nips to tips. Uh, yeah, bottom of the barrel there. All right. Uh, during that block, we had uh, we started that off with uh, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson together on uh, a VH1 Storyteller's uh, performance of Ghost Riders in the Sky. Uh, very creepy sort of song, uh, lyrically anyway. Uh, followed that up with. Uh, Something a bit uh, related. Uh, the Vanishing Riders by the band Blitzkid. Uh, that was off of, uh, I think, their second to last album or so. Uh, possibly even their last album. No, second to last album. Uh, and, and it was one of those songs that uh, just shocked me by what it did, by, by being so different from your standard horror punk type format uh, and while at, at a certain point still gets into it uh, starts off very kind of mellowy and spooky and builds to that crescendo and or doesn't even build just just shifts and, and uh, it's jarring and I love it uh, that we rounded that out with Diary of a Madman by the band Gravediggers uh, featuring the RZA. Uh, there, there is a very uh, specific subgenre of hip-hop called horrorcore and uh, I don't know too much about it but uh, the Gravediggers is uh, one of the pioneers of it and probably the only uh, real horrorcore hip-hop band that I've gotten into 
uh, uh, you know what? They're, they're just good. I just like it. All right. We are going to wrap this up with one last block. Then I'll be back to say my farewells and go back into my grave.
the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree the virgins are all trimming their wicks. The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise men will bow down before the throne And at his feet they'll cast their golden crowns When the man comes around Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still Listen to the words long written down When the man comes around Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers One hundred million angels singing Multitudes are marching to the big kettle drum Voices calling, voices crying some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks in measured a hundredweight and penny pound When the man comes around
beast of the four beasts. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. A very appropriately apocalyptic block to end in the show. That was When the Man Comes Around by Johnny Cash, following Square Hammer by Ghost, and NIB by Black Sabbath. And we started that block off with Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Ha! Of course, that song was uh, created because uh, Huey Lewis and the News did not want to do the theme song to Ghostbusters, so they hired somebody to rip it off. Uh, And uh, thus, a gem of an 80s song was born, the Ghostbusters theme. Hey, Ghostbusters rankings? Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, the original, and then uh, the Lady Ghostbusters, uh, and then the cartoon Ghostbusters, but not based on the movie Ghostbusters, uh, but the one originally based on the 70s Ghostbusters movie. Uh, And then the real Ghostbusters, which is the cartoon based on the 80s Ghostbusters. Uh, And then uh, Ghostbusters 2, and then I will never, ever, ever, ever see Afterlife. Because, honestly, there's one good Ghostbusters movie, and it's the first one. Uh, (laughs) N.I.B., of course, a classic Black Sabbath song from their first album, Black Sabbath. Uh, Many people believe N.I.B. to stand for Nativity in Black. The band says differently. It means the beard that uh, Geezer Butler wore at the time. Uh, who do you want to believe? Me, personally, I go with the Nativity of Black uh, scenario. Uh, because, uh, Hail Satan. That's what I gotta say. Hail Satan. And hailing Satan continuously into the ghost song, Square Hammer. Uh, a lot of people have their issues with Ghost. I do not have those issues. I, I think they're a fun little band. I enjoy their theatricality. I enjoy their music. Uh, it's not exactly super heavy metal, but uh, I really like it. They, they are very good at what they do. Uh, and then, of course, uh, not necessarily a horror-tinged song, but uh, very apocalyptic. Uh, the band comes around. Uh, first time I actually heard that song was on the soundtrack. Uh, it was it was in the movie. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake uh, by Snack Zyder. Uh, and I had heard a couple of Johnny Cash's covers at that point. Uh, but that, I think that was the first of his non-covers that I had ever heard, and uh, it really made me seek out, uh, especially his later work, and I became a fan from there. Uh, the sequence in which uh, that song is played in the movie is, is uh, kind of in the opening, showing the uh, worldwide zombie apocalypse as it happens. 
and uh, it's, it's a pretty stunning uh, opening. Uh, I gotta say this for Snack Zyder, he, he knows how to open a movie. Uh, I'll also say this for Snack Zyder, that is uh, his only good movie. Yep, not gonna lie, not a fan. Uh, and then later on came to realize that uh, the parts that I really liked about that movie are pretty much due to the script, which was written by James Gunn, uh, who has made many more better movies, and in uh, just a weird turn of events uh, has, has now become the head of the DC Comics branch of movies. Who would have thunk it? Uh... Hey, Living Dead uh, rankings? Okay. Uh, well, of course, there is the original Night of the Living Dead uh, by George Romero. You cannot beat that classic. That is a movie that I could watch over and over and over. Uh, and then, uh, you know what? A lot of people say that Dawn of the Dead, the original, is the best, but uh, I really like Day of the Dead better. Uh... Dawn of the Dead is a strong third, though. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Night of the Living Dead remake, uh, the only movie that Tom Savini ever directed. And then, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with the Dawn of the Dead remake as well, the Snack Zider version. Uh, and yes, I know that I am saying Snack Zider. Uh, and then Land of the Dead, uh, Diary of the Dead. And uh, right down there at the bottom, uh, let's go ahead and place uh, Survival of the Dead. One of the worst movies I have ever watched. Uh, so that is uh, the, the Living Dead uh, franchise. Uh, not counting the Return of the Living Dead movies. Uh, or any of the lapsed sort of copyright uh, screwing George Romero out of uh, his credits and money that he deserved uh, kind of remakes and sequels and fake sequels and reboots and whatever uh, I'm just sticking with the, the Romero canon if you will alright this has been a lot of fun but I am very tired, and I'm sure you are as well. Happy, happy Halloween, everybody. I hope you have a safe one. Uh, do not let any of the ghosts or the demons or the goblins trick you. Do not let them into your house. Do not invite vampires into your house. Uh, remember, uh, from our good friend Dalton Wilcox, uh, always, always ask, are you a vampire? And if they say... No, that is the first sign that they are a vampire. And you better get to staking. Thank you for listening. Listen to my other podcast, the Biomasters at View.GutterTrash.Nest. You can listen to the Savage Fredcast, your podcast source for everything Eric Larson and Savage Dragon related. You can go to my blog and look at my artwork at seanborn.net you can buy much of that said artwork at shop.seanborn.net you can support me on patreon patreon.com slash seanborn and you can find me on instagram and blue sky at eseanborn on both formats uh, 
Thank you again. Stay safe, stay spooky, stay alive, survive, and take care. <laughs>